1: This is Reception, Reception,
0: the show. All right, how about Drake London? This is a highly touted prospect, obviously out of USC. 72 catches on 117 targets, 61.5% catch rate, 866 yards, four touchdowns. All things considered, Matt, I thought he had a freaking great season in Atlanta last year.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's a guy who, from like a targets per route run perspective, actually pops a lot, right? Because he um, just was out there getting the ball thrown his way. Uh, dude, I love Drake London and, and shout out to the the haters and losers who said uh Drake London couldn't get separation uh as a college <laughs> player. You know, uh reception perception pushed back on that notion hard what? from his prospect yeah. profile standpoint and definitely, right. you know, push back, pushes back on that a lot from his rookie year standpoint, you know, and and I think Drake London, not that he's flying under the radar necessarily because he was the eighth okay. overall pick. I think he you know right. he's very highly touted, but I think because of the offense that he plays in, we'll get to that, the offense that he plays in in Atlanta and the mega success of guys like Chris Olave and and Garrett Wilson, who were like sort of back. Once Brees Hall got forth, it was like a back and forth race. Like who's going to be offensive rookie of the year. I think there's maybe a notion that Drake London is behind those guys from a talent perspective. And I, I, I totally disagree. Um, I think Hmm. he's right there with them. And like, we just talked about a true blue X receiver in George Pickens, that's who drake london is and you know drake london's a guy that people thought could be like a big slot or you know have sort of position versatility along with kyle pitts and i mean maybe that can still be a thing he does like because he's he's really good at some of those routes but london as a rookie legit big boy x receiver lined up outside on 86 percent of his sample snaps was on the line for 85 percent um you know he again he's so fluid that i think he could offer some positional versatility as like a, a big slot player but Yeah, man. 72.3% success rate versus man, 81.6% success rate versus zone, 72.5% success rate versus press. Like, those are numbers that are just like screaming good things from a rookie receiver perspective because we know we want receivers who can beat zone coverage at an 80 plus percent rate. Check. We know if like they're going to be outside receivers, we love to see over 70% success rate versus man. If they're going to be like a number one receiver, we love to see over 70% success rate versus press. Check. Check. Check for Drake London. So, um, I, incredibly, incredibly impressive rookie season. Um, and yeah, the way he wins on in-breaking routes like slants, digs, posts. You know what he does on curls, flat routes. Like, yeah, he he looks like a legit future star receiver. Fantastic hands, uh big-time long strider that seeks up on you after the catch. Like, yeah, I, I, right, I, I really think like the sky is kind of the limit for for Drake London. He's he's a really really good player.
0: Okay, so here's the thing. You take a look at his overall numbers, right? And you're saying to yourself, well, well, it was pretty good. It wasn't great. 117 targets, you know, 72 catches. Uh, Again, uh, shy of 900 yards. He had 866 yards. Can I just bring this up, though? Um, Atlanta threw to wide receivers um, the third lowest in the NFL. So the third fewest wide receiver targets in the NFL belong to Atlanta. Drake London took home 50 1% of those wide receiver (laughs) targets. It's crazy. Now, again, you could say, well, they didn't have anybody else to throw to. And I get it. I I totally understand that. But you got to understand that in the NFL, if you're an elite receiver, you're taking home around 40% of the team's total targets to wide receivers. Stefan Diggs was 41, 42%. Um, I just looked this up. Devonte Adams is somewhere in that ballpark too. Right. So um, for Drake London to take home 51%, I haven't run all the numbers, but he's got to be up there in terms of either one or two, uh, maybe three in terms of percentage of wide receiver targets taken home. 51% Matt, that tells you crazy. Um, how much better he was than every other receiving option that or receiver that they had in Atlanta. Um, and how much they trusted him from a quarterbacking standpoint to throw him the ball.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> look, it's not like a high bar to clear the be- other receivers. On the it's it's offense. not, no, it's not, <laughs> but it's, it's not, from a projection no. standpoint this year, by the way, it's not, it's still not a very high bar to clear. Like they added Mac Hollins in the off season. Oh, they have Scotty yeah, Miller, yeah. Jesus. you know, I mean, it's going to be a nothing. very, very highly concentrated offense between Kyle Pitts, Drake London and Bijan Robinson. Like I think it's a pretty mm-hmm. good like Bijan Robinson should be the odds on favorite to be the third most targeted player in that offense based on what what they're going to do with him this year. But and and I think it's a good point to bring up that offense like a lot of London's per target and per, you know, stuff like that is going to look big because the the Falcons didn't really throw the ball last year, which immediately if you want to get hyped about the Falcons, people will throw that right, but, you know, look at what they did. they played boomer ball offense last year. Marcus Mariota was the worst quarterback not named Zach Wilson in the NFL last year <laughs> and maybe outside of Baker Mayfield who, yeah. you know, like when he played with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Um, and if you look at Arthur, like people hate Arthur Smith's offense. And I think it's very misguided because from a conceptual standpoint, like what he does off motion and play action and, and play design stuff is really good. The way he get like, Listen, I'm telling you there were people hate Arthur Smith cuz like he's the reason that Kyle Pitts busted last year. That that man, you know, maybe I don't want to, like, get a beer with Arthur Smith because uh, maybe we, I don't think we would jive well together. I don't think Although so, I'm, no. I, I don't know. I can, I, he's he's probably more cantankerous than me, but I have my moments. Uh, okay. <laughs> but he's, he's, def, he's definitely more cantankerous than me. I'll tell you what. Okay. I wouldn't be that cantankerous if I was, like, the heir to the FedEx portion. I'll, I'll tell you that. Probably also <laughs> wouldn't be a coach of pro football, but that's another story. Um right. <laughs> i don't know what the hell i'm talking about uh anyways if you look at like <laughs> if you look at arthur smith's offense like there were there were yeah. times where he was dialing like legit dialing up awesome downfield looks for kyle pitts and like marcus is just you know b- skipping the ball to him you know it's sure. just and if you a look at of the drops here and there too yeah sure and, and that stuff's just gonna happen like
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: drake london from a statistical perspective was awesome in the four games with desmond ritter who's to say that Kyle Pitts wouldn't have been really he wouldn't have gotten his career or his season back on track with Desmond Ritter. Now, if you just look at the passing volume stuff for, for Arthur Smith's offense, like throw it, let's throw out the Marcus Mariota games. In 2019, yeah. Ryan Tannehill, because again, Marcus Mariota has played with Arthur Smith before, which makes the the, <laughs> the remarriage all the more confusing. But yes. Ryan Tannehill, 2019, 27 pass attempts in per game in his 10 starts. You know, Mariota was at 24 pass attempts per game last year, Ryan Tannehill in 2020, 30.1% Matt Ryan. This is what kills me about Matt. Like the, the criticism of Arthur Smith's offense and the boomer ball stuff. We have another season to go off of here. When we a real quarterback, <laughs> Matt Ryan, 33 pass attempts per game yeah. for Matt yeah. Ryan in 2021. Right. And even right. Desmond Ritter, it jumped up from 24 with Marcus Mario to 28.8% with, or twenty twenty eight point eight 28.8 per, per, per game with Desmond Ritter. So, I, yeah, like if there's a if Ritter is even like functional, and he was functional, I guess to end last year, like th- this offense is gonna throw the ball more than people people expect this year.
0: I, I would not anticipate to them to throw the ball the third fewest um, to wide receivers in in twenty no. twenty three. I, I I would hope not. You know, again, you mentioned that the, the quarterback can change, um, and just overall, it seems like there was a little bit more focus on the offense. Now, again, they bring in Brion Robinson. You figure they're going to run it, but dude... Hey, go, go turn on some B. John Robinson type, tape, man. Like this guy could catch the ball, man. This guy is good at catching the ball. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised there. Plus, oh, by the way, they talked about Cordero Patterson moving back to wide receiver, doing some gadgety type stuff with him. Uh, which I think, by the way, I, I'm excited about that. I, I'm mm-hmm. not, a, I'm, you know, I'm not as big, a a, a Cordero a CPAT guy as, uh, Ian Hartitz, but, <laughs> but <laughs> nobody uh, is, but, yeah, nobody is, but, but I am excited about, you know, some of the, the, the more gadgety type stuff that I think Arthur Smith can draw up. We've seen him draw up gadgety type plays, man. So I, I think, I think that could be uh, something that's very interesting there in Atlanta. Look, CPAT's obviously well, 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 well past his prime. I'm just saying like, you know, the guy could still run though and run with some power and some heart, man. So, um, He's a, he's a, he's a weapon that I think Atlanta can utilize. They have still got uh, a good run game. Um, Obviously I think that's going to be the staple of what they get done there in Atlanta, but Kyle Pitts, can he take a step forward? Drake London, can he take a step forward? Um, It's not going to be the most exciting offense in the world. I don't think you or I are trying to try and say that at all, (laughs) but also won't be just this crazy, weird, you know, 1980 style ground and pound, like trying to hide the quarterback as much as they were to start the season last year. So I think, I think that is probably very fair to say I'll be interested to see. I think Drake London might be uh, you know, my my old school fans know about the March to 1100. I think Drake London's a, a clear March to 1100 guy. Like, oh. I'd be surprised if he doesn't Book get it. to 1100. Book it, baby. Book Drake it, baby. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he checks,
1: yards. checks all the boxes. I mean, every part of his profile. If you yeah. like, go read it on the site, like everything is good. Everything that you want from a like, number one receiver is good. Just a couple of comparisons from a success rate versus man perspective. Like I mentioned, um, Drake London was at 72.3% uh in his rookie year Here's just a couple other guys like early career Mike Evans, seventy point three percent success rate versus man in oh. two thousand sixteen. Allen Robinson is a rookie, seventy one point seven percent in two thousand fourteen. Michael Thomas, seventy two point one percent in twenty seventeen, and that's still my favorite player comparison for for Michael mm. for Drake London is Michael Thomas because okay the way these guys get open on what I, like what I talk about those in breaking routes slants curls digs post routes like I think Michael Thomas will probably never have gotten a real answer on it because. He, got, he started getting injured, and then Drew Brees' arm fell off, and he got You know the whole thing. Right. But like, I think Michael Thomas could take the top off the defense maybe more than people thought. I think Drake London could do the same, but really where Drake London's going to make most of his money is in the, uh, those base in-breaking routes
0: yeah um the 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 88.2% success rate on the post is just that's eye opening to me 63% success rate on the nine hello that is uh, that's impressive but man just 80% on the dig 82% on the curl 82% on the slant this is this is everything that you want um from a from a wide receiver in terms of okay again i get it all in breaking stuff but that's great i mean again short intermediate deep the guy's winning at every level of the field. That's impressive.
1: Yeah, I, I love him. I, I think he's going to be a really, really good player. Like he's, I love him as your candidate for March to 1100 because I think he's just the classic. Uh, he showed us he was good as a rookie. Second year is where it's all going to come together. Um, I definitely don't know how good Desmond Ritter is going to be, but I'm very confident he's going to be better than Marcus Mariota was last year, and that, right. that's going to be good for the entire offense.
0: Okay, so in Kansas City, they move on from Juju Smith-Schuster, and you kind of figure maybe Kansas City's feeling confident about a young player in Sky Moore. Um, he profiles to me as like this, like you know, kind of rugged. Uh, slot receiver type in 16 games. He only started three games, but in 16 games played, obviously did not get a ton of usage. 16 games played for Sky Moore, which surprised me. I do not even know he played in 16 games, uh, but only saw 33 targets and had 22 catches, a 66% catch rate uh, with 250 yards and zero touchdowns. So obviously not a huge impact um, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Why might there be hope though, uh, for a guy in Skymore. Can I just, I want to start the segment by saying this watching Skymore play. Um, I saw some real traits to me that indicate that I think this guy can absolutely flat out play, uh, especially inside, but what did the RP data uh, show you?
1: Yeah, and Sky Moore, I think the biggest issue and the biggest kind of red flag from his rookie year is not just you mentioned the production, but it was the lack of playing time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he had zero games over 50% snaps and only seven games right. over 30% snaps. Like he was barely on the field last year. Um, but again, but I think Matt, that's,
0: that's, that's typical for a rookie in an Andy Reid offense. Right.
1: Did I, I think
0: we talked about Sky Moore yep,
1: probably when we, we talked did. about Rasheed Rice, right? And I, I think I made the point... Cause I know I wrote it in the profile, but dude, I can't remember shit that I'm saying at this point. But, um, <laughs> right. I, I did I make the analogy when we talked about Sky Moore yes. about like, yeah, yeah, it's basically like moving to a different country, learning the language, mm-hmm. and also learning to drive on the other side of the road. Like, Correct. it's going from Western Michigan to Andy Reid's offense. That's how big of a jump that is. Okay. Um, and I think people for, forget that because, yeah, Sky Moore's r- uh, prospect reception-perception data was really good, but he was playing at Western Michigan. Like, uh, you know, that was a a worthwhile piece of context that constantly got brought up last year, and it was a a good point. And I think the Chiefs – and, like, Sky Moore has said something to this degree that basically that once he got to Kansas City, they were like, all right, well, we need to kind of build you back from the ground up to be, like, an NFL receiver in this offense. And, you know – I think the lack of playing time isn't as concerning when you look at a couple of different things. One, like you mentioned, I think Sky Moore's best role is as a slot flanker receiver and they had a good veteran playing in that role last year. Like we know right. Juju Smith-Schuster is not a superstar, Reception Perceptions always pointed that out, but he's not a bad player and he was good no. for the Chiefs in that role last year and yeah, he got banged up a couple times, but that doesn't immediately be like, all right, we're gonna throw Sky Moore into that. Like, it's very possible that they looked at Sky Moore as like just purely a developmental player, and I think that's yep. pretty fair. But I would actually say when you look at some of the his alignment data from last year and some of the mm-hmm. per target stuff last year. They were actually kind of putting a lot on Sky Moore's plate when he got on the field. And I think this is important. Um, he was targeted on twenty-seven point seven percent of his route, sampled for reception perception. That puts him in wow. the same company as names like Chris Olave and DJ Moore from last year. Wow. Um And this is what I think is really interesting. Moore took 40% of his snaps from the slot last season in his reception perception sample, was in the backfield as like a pre-snap motion guy, 7.7%. He was outside on 52.3%, was off the line for 42.3%, and on the line for 57.7%. To break that down, basically what that means is they were having him learn and try all three receiver positions. Right, Slot stuff, some gadgety stuff, flanker routes, X receiver routes, you know, I think that is interesting because it kind of shows they were sneaky. It, it really was like an on the job developmental campaign for Sky More mm-hmm. coming from that lower level. So yeah, like it, it is a big jump, right? To have to learn the language, um to to learn how to drive on the other side of the road when moving to a foreign country. Um, like I said, with Sky Moore. But they were also sneakily being like, Hey, we're also gonna, you know, make you, I don't know, um, learn how to like learn the best restaurants to go to too it was kind of putting a lot of on sky plate. So <laughs> makes sense i don't know i think that was the most important finding yeah. from his rookie rp profile was just that they had him doing a lot of stuff and I, yeah again i think he profiles best as a x or and as a, a flanker and a slot receiver which again they just had a guy leave that role in juju smith right. schuster and it's funny like did you see this Kadarius tony like article that was making the rounds this weekend. I popped uh, back up from my Joshua Tree retreat this weekend to, to to check in, and I saw, like, this whole Kadarius Tony thing going on. It's like, Kadarius Tony's getting all the headlines, but, like, in the same article, like, oh, yeah, the Chiefs have big, big hopes and plans for Sky Moore as well as, as Kadarius Tony. Just kind of, you know, <laughs> the Tony bros, they'll never rest. That's for sure.
0: Can I just say this about the Kadarius Tony Sky Moore thing? It's it's interesting to me because I know Kadarius Tony gets all the headlines, and and he, you know, he, he's just a – I don't want to say he's a more interesting player, but he certainly has garnered more interest uh, than Sky Moore. He's, he's the guy that sells papers. You know what I'm saying? And Kadarius Tony um, and a weird dude too, by the way, Kadarius is a, is a interesting guy. Uh, no doubt about it. But when I look at their two skill sets and I, and I think about trying to run my offense through one or the other, not that I would want to run my offense through Sky Moore, but Sky Moore is your right. much more traditional NFL big boy wide receiver. Like this is a professional wide receiver when I look at Sky Moore. Kadarius Tony, I know he's more elusive once he gets the ball in his hands. But the stuff that he does how how do you build a game plan around that, right? Like that's tough. Like I think he does more gadgety type stuff and certainly more interesting with the ball in his hands after oh, yeah. the catch. But yeah. can you really rely on Kadarius Tony? to run a proper post route or to run a proper hitch or to run, you know what I'm saying? A deep over. Like, I don't know. I, I think I, I certainly am not sure about that, but when I watch sky more play, I'm like, this guy can run the route tree. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what he's like with the ball in his hands afterwards, but he's got great hands. I mean, just snatch He attacks the ball out of the air with, with aggressiveness, which I love. And I think he's just a professional wide receiver that, again, I'd love to see him play, you know, uh, flanker slot full time. Totally. Uh, Yeah. Kadarius
1: Tony, like to answer your question, we haven't seen him be that player yet, like a reliable route runner. Like we've seen him be a really good gadget player. Um, Mm -hmm. Like He'd had that one game against the Cowboys. Okay, but like even then, he's doing a lot of stuff out in space after the catch. That's what he does. Like, I think that's where he's going to be best long term. Like, I think he's a natural replacement for what the Chiefs just lost in Nicole Hardman, another guy that you're not going to run your offense through, but is going to give you no. some exciting moments. And he's certainly a more freaky, um, like, he true. Canary Stoney truly has rare, rare ability in the open field. I think the way he moves sometimes sometimes contributes to getting him hurt, but that's another topic for another time. But yeah, ba- back on Sky, more like, the slot receiver routes, the routes that Juju's always been good on: dig route eighty-seven point five percent, curl route seventy-eight point three percent, slant route eighty point eight percent, flat route eighty-eight point three percent success rates. Like those are good slot receiver routes. I think the, that's where he's gonna end up being that short to intermediate area of the field guy. Like he's not gonna burn you deep. He's not built that way. That's not going to be his stuff. But those base slot receiver routes can be really good. And again, the overall success rates, 68.5% success rate versus man. That's right about just slightly above average. 78.9% success rate versus zone. Slightly above average. He saw press coverage on 20% of his routes and had a 73.1% success rate. Like, that's his best mark. And, you know, again, it's probably not going to want him to do that at X receiver necessarily, but like in short spaces and down in the red zone situationally, when you have a guy seeing press man coverage in those situations, Sky Moore's got a pretty good release package there. So I don't know. You know, he was a guy who was compared to like Golden Tate a lot coming into the league. And mm-hmm. I kind of think that makes a lot of sense, right? Like, size. Um strong run route running underneath those those routes that I mentioned. Um also I'd I'd put this out there. You know, Golden Tate was like tough as nails in the contested game.
0: And Christ, Sky yeah. Moore,
1: just 13.9% of his targets were contested in his RP sample, but he won 80% of them. I think that's Hello. an interesting note for for Sky Moore, too. So yeah, I, I think there is definitely a sense of extreme pessimism out there for Sky Moore right now, both in like the NFL community and the fantasy community for sure, who were expecting a lot more things from Sky Moore as a rookie. But I think you can, you know, put up reasons why he wasn't a big part of the chiefs offense as a rookie and why that might change this year. And even when you pull back again, you look at who he was as just an isolation last year. I don't think it's nearly as bad as, as you think. I mean, the not playing in and of itself is definitely an, it could be a negative indicator can be a negative indicator all on its own. But right. I think it's often taken too much as like lately it's become like this death knell that if a guy doesn't play as a rookie, it's <laughs> over. And I don't think that's true, especially in this situation.
0: Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Tyreek Hill, of all people, who I by the way, is like just he's an alien, okay? Even Tyreek Hill, his rookie season with Kansas City, only started one game. Okay. He saw six he saw eighty-three targets versus sixty-six targets for um Sky Moore. So listen Rookies in Andy Reid's offense just don't do that well. Now I get it. Uh, Tyreek Hill did have six touchdown grabs, which you know, obviously, he's a completely different stratosphere of a player yeah. than Sky Moore. I'm not trying to draw those parallels, but um, but there is a lot to be said about a rookie playing in this system. And oh, by the way, again, you mentioned it. You hit it right on the head, man. He had a very good veteran. In front of him in Juju Smith Schuster. And now a lot of those starts, obviously, I think all the starts actually came when Juju got hurt, um, which is fine. But I I think I saw enough there, Matt, where if I'm a Kansas City fan, I, I would actually be relatively excited. Um, about Sky Moore's development here in year number two. By the way, again, I, I hate to draw these comparisons to Tyreek Hill because they're just a completely different stratosphere of a player. Yeah, But yeah. between year one and year two, Tyreek goes from 600 yards to nearly 1,200 yards, right? He goes from 83 targets to 100 tar- 105 targets. So um, I think there is a, and again, just just look at the room. Look at the room in Kansas City there is a lot uh, of runway for sky Moore to really take off in 2023. Now I'm talking about in real life and in fantasy. I think sky more has a real chance um, to absolutely outperform um, ADP. And I, I kind of sort of like the fact um, that football Twitter is is a little down on sky, man. That means you're going to in fantasy football, you're going to be able to get him at a discount. I, I truly believe that by the way, Yo, this dude's playing with Patrick freaking Mahomes. I think he'll be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, and Juju, like, his season kind of, you know, look, here's here's the deal. Like, I don't necessarily think that Sky Moore is definitely going to be, like, a number one receiver. Like, I don't think he profiles no. that way. I, you know, whatever. I, just like, Juju is not a, a number one receiver, right? Like, but for what you ended up getting out of Juju last year, you know, the three touchdowns were low, but – In 14, it's 16 games, uh, 14 starts. He had 933 yards. Like he was, he was good for the Chiefs last year. Um, Sky Moore might just be good for the Chiefs, even if he's not great, great in fantasy. But yeah, definitely. Like if I'm in a dynasty league right now and I don't have Sky Moore on my team, which I actually have Sky Moore on 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 my dynasty team, but um, (laughs) like don't necessarily be like, all right, I'm going to trade for Sky Moore. But like if you want to make one trade and like the person has Sky Moore and be like, ah, you know what?
0: Let's just throw in
1: throw in sky Moore and i'll throw in like this third round rookie pick or something like that because i guarantee you people are kind of down on him so i don't know i I think he's an interesting guy to pursue right now um and yeah i I hope he does stay kind of cheap from an adp perspective but i think the chiefs three receiver set this year will be um you know it'll be you know mvs out there as the x receiver i think rasheed rice is the developmental x receiver behind him i think Uh, Kadarius Tony will be kind of a flanker slot gadget guy. And I think um, Skymore will be a slot flanker guy. And and really all these guys, oh, by the way, all these guys are just battling for second. A perhaps distance second behind Travis Kelsey <laughs> in the Jeff target water. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, oh yeah, I didn't mention, oh, did did I mention that they've got this guy named Travis Kelsey on that yeah. offense It's gonna be soaking up most of the targets? Yeah, no, listen. Um obviously that's gonna be the case, but um, but yeah, I think I think there is a long runway. Uh, for Sky Moore to to really have a, a nice year number two. Now, 250 yards in year number one, that does not sound exciting at all, but I, I do think uh, that Sky Moore has a chance to absolutely surprise. Listen, I'm not saying he might not even get to 1,000 yards, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did get to like 900, 950 yards uh, yep. next year, handful of touchdowns, and, and really make some splash plays. Uh, that people are gonna be surprised by anyways okay um, are you guys following Matt Harmon on social media? are you guys following reception perception on social media um, we post a lot of these clips uh, if you're listening to the podcast we we simulcast this thing we we videotape it and uh, we give it to our great editors and our editors put it all together uh, and, and so if you miss the podcast go follow Matt on his YouTube page where a lot of the more interesting conversation points uh, will live there so, and again, I think our editors are doing
1: great man, stuff, They're just
0: doing a bang up job, uh, putting these pieces together. So again, go find Matt Harmon, uh, Matt Harmon, BYB on YouTube, uh, and on Twitter as well. But, uh, but certainly try to find him, uh, on the social media side and, uh, and we'll be off and running, man. Uh, again, uh, we're just look, Matt, speak on it a little bit, tell the people, because man, I-, I tell you what, you are really, really pumping out a lot of content this off season.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Um, luckily I don't have anything else going on in my life. I can focus (laughs) all on content.
0: (laughs) I know. Ah, oh, you're not just prepping for a cross country move or anything. You didn't just buy your first house or anything. Yeah, it's all nothing else, nothing
1: else going on. Luckily, pretty pretty wide open in terms of that perspective. So, uh yeah, <laughs> focus all on content. But yeah, man, I mean, Ugh. look, like you said, the second year receivers just went up on the site. Definitely, this yep. is a great time to subscribe to Reception Perception. We are for pumping sure. out a lot more of these video clips. Hopefully, some people we'll find reception perception and, and and subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to the site. Um, and, but it is funny. Like, yeah, I, I love these second year receivers, but you know, James, I already today pulled up the, the charting tracker for the next group, which will be coming oh, yeah. out on June 5th. You know, that's the oh, baby priority young guys, the year three to four players. Um, you know, Hey, pretty good names in there, too. Jamar Chase. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Our guy, Brandon Ayuk, <laughs> about to bust out the RP charts here. So, yeah, I mean, never adult time. Never adult no. time, that's for sure.
0: All right, receptionperception.com. Go find Matt Harmon on YouTube and on Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, I am James Coe, but for Matt Harmon, we say peace out. We're out of time. We'll catch you next week.